three, check, check, check. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. This is uh, Inside the Mind's Eye. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for tapping in. Thanks for clicking the link. Thanks for finding this episode wherever you found it. This is, uh, this is a show where we explore the introspective realities of people who are pursuing a dream or have lived a dream. And this week we have a most excellent episode. Somehow I managed to get an actor on the show. And uh, his name is uh, Johnny Byrne. And it was an excellent conversation. I mean, we got, you know, one of the things I, I, I'd reached out on the internets and I asked, you know, if somebody knew any actors that would be willing to come on and, and share their story, share their process and share their craft. And uh, Johnny answered the call. So we're going to have that uh, conversation with him in just a few minutes. And I'm mega stoked to share it. Um, you know, other than that, you know, not much to report on my end. Um, things are still going swimmingly with the website. We're having new posts, new essays, new meditations. Uh, something interesting happened yesterday. I, I put up an essay called uh, uh, How to Awaken uh, Dog Chen. Uh, essentially, I, I, I wrote about the meditative practice of Dog Chen in my own words, or I, I extrapolated you know, what, uh, what a process or what the process could be to wake somebody up into a state of, for lack of a better word, uh, enlightened consciousness. And, you know, I've been doing internet stuff. I've been sharing my raps, my podcasts, my essays for years now. And it's, it's really rare that I get, uh, responses from people just in general responses are kind of rare, but like, <laughs> you know, things that are jarring to read. And I don't know how it happened, but when I put this uh, essay up, when I published it, I thought of all the things that <laughs> that could, that were gonna fly under the radar, it was gonna be this essay. Because I didn't, I don't know, I, I didn't know shit about dog chen meditation until I just learned about it. And it seems like the more the more research I've done, it is, it's, it's a lineage of meditation and Buddhism that is you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of deep. It's kind of the, it's it's kind of the way. I guess you have to have a master to begin the process, and all the masters. I don't know where they are. I don't know where these masters are, but they but they showed up on the internets <laughs> and told uh, and sent some messages about how wrong, you know, uh, how how little I know about this ancient style of Buddhist meditation. So that was interesting. It was interesting to. Uh, it was ex interesting to, to be challenged for something that I'd written, you know, and it really caused me to, to dig deeper into the practice so I could better understand it. It had me look up a bunch of terminology I didn't know. It had me, you know, you know how like in Buddhism, there's like the seven paths or the eightfold path. And, you know, I, I don't know much about nothing. And, uh, you know, what I'll do is, is I'll read about something and I'll figure out how it aligns with my own philosophy and I'll synthesize it into something that I can understand. And yeah, it's just, it was just interesting because the more I dug into this ancient practice, the more I realized, you know, to be quite honest, I don't think I'm far off in what I was writing about. Um, and it seems like one of those things where when you're ingrained in a practice or you're, you've identified or established your sense of spirituality with, with a certain style or, or a certain tradition, anyone who tries to take from that tradition and, and 
reapply it to something different is shunned to an extent. And yeah, all these all these ancient Buddhist people came from the ether of the internet to tell me, you know, I, I don't know shit. So <laughs> that was uh, that was a fun experience. Um, yeah, had a had a shared space uh, thing this morning. It that was dope, you know. But I'm I'm getting off topic here. This is about Johnny, you know, like so glad that he came on so glad that he came to the show really 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 enlightening the way he shared his experience you know and also like i don't know if you're going to listen to this you'll be able to hear it but if you watch it visually he and at a certain part of the episode he he shows how his body type how he can morph his, the way his stature is using this alexander technique which is a form of body awareness and uh it, it like I watched in real time it was like he was molding himself uh, according to the stature of what type of character he wanted to represent it was like shape-shifting it was badass so yeah this dude you know his story is pretty great you know he his his uh, father was a was an actor and went to Juilliard and you know he, he recently has been working at this diner called the Stardust Diner but it has closed due to corona and that's how I first saw him was a friend Claire shouts out to Claire for linking us up but sent me a video of him working and performing at this diner it was a uh, yeah that's that's when I was like especially when he shared you know in the in the YouTube video and I'll put the link in here um, I was like we I want to try to get this guy on the show and I'm so glad he came on uh, you can find him on Instagram and I'm gonna make sure I get this right again because I want to make sure uh, I nail it here we go promo on his Instagram jb johnny burn but it's spelled differently okay so it's at jb j-o-h-n-n-y b-e-i-r-n-e that's where you can find him on instagram um yeah i mean i i don't i don't there's something else i wanted to say oh one more thing i forgot to mention this during the conversation uh me and johnny talk about acting as if this philosophy of when you're pursuing a goal or a dream or a career, the idea is you want to embody that that uh, that that caricature of that who that person is. Is like if you want to be a writer, you do what writers do. If you want to be an actor, you act as if you already are an actor. You act as if you're the real thing. You begin to believe, and uh, that that idea was borrowed from one of my favorite authors of all time. His name's Stephen Pressfield, and I and I'm putting I'll put the link to that essay in the show notes if you want to go look at it and press the link and read through it but he basically he nails it it's it's you know we act as if we are already that thing and then the universe or reality or you know dharma or karma or whatever woo woo stuff you want to say conspires to make it happen and yeah i think that's it i think that's it for now uh thanks again for joining us this week Real honor to have you. If you're interested in learning more about the show or you'd like to get involved in some way, please just visit the website, www. I was up early as hell this morning. Honestly, guys, like up at 5 a.m. <laughs> I'm recording this. What is this? 9, 9.30 um, a.m. Yeah. Uh, rare. It's a rarity for me. I had to get up early this morning, though. But anyway. That's why there's not enough WWWs in what I just said. I wanted to give you some more WWWs, but, uh, you know, it's it's not even noon <laughs> and I'm spent. So I'm going to curl back. I'm going to lay back. 
I'm gonna listen to this episode with Johnny Byrne. It's uh, I don't even know if I fin- I finished the tagline for the website. It doesn't matter. If you're hearing this, you know where to go. And without further ado, it is my honor, my pleasure to introduce this conversation with Johnny Byrne. Yeah, man. Like, dude. Yeah, I. You know, I, I started with just a MacBook, you know, and you know, uh-huh. rapping or, or recording or everything through the MacBook, you know, a little microphone, and then gradually just adding pieces to it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how I. I mean, I got. I can't tell if you can see, but I have this little keyboard back here. It's not fully a synthesizer, but like it's got some synthesizer bits to it. So I've been trying to like make new music, try some stuff. It's been good. So what what inspired you? To, by the way, welcome to the show. Hi, hello. Thank you for having me, sir. Thank you very much, Adam. Yeah, this is this is the show, and yeah, I found I you know shouts out to Claire Hamilton for because I, I yes, I thank you, Claire Hamilton, for hooking me up with this. It's very nice. Yeah, I, I just I really wanted to talk with an actor, and um, she sent me your video of you performing at the Stardust Diner. Yeah, thank you very much for watching yeah. it. <laughs> it was awesome, and I knew it was so cool at the very end, the way you described your relationship with stars and our relationship with the universe being essentially, you know, cosmic representations of consciousness in the form of Stardust. Yes, and that is something I still like. And I'm, they have this weird like interview thing where they hired a, a camera crew to come and like do these interviews with us. And I was like, that's something I hold true to myself. But also, I feel like it might be something to market myself as the Stardust too. <laughs> but yeah, um, right now. So here's what's up. Right now. Uh, with COVID and everything, that restaurant has closed for like since lockdown started. And recently, there was some controversy because there was a note posted on their window saying like, "You haven't paid rent at all since COVID started. You're evicted." Like, so I don't even know if the place is gonna open back up anymore. But honestly, that's okay for me because I know I got like my swag, I got my charm, I got my thing that I'm doing, and it's still like working my way up on it, but I, I have faith that I don't need that diner to continue working with my career. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes that's how it works out, is like the universe gives us a push in our own direction. It's saying, you know, I mean, hence the microphones, right? Hence the- Yeah, exactly. That's why I got all this recording stuff, because I was like, you know, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna be home, I might as well do something creative a little. And I'm happy that I got all this stuff, yeah. So, so what's, so, can you take me back a little bit and, and just where what, you've got a beautiful voice, dude. Thank um, you very much. You've got great presence, you know, on the camera, just from the video I saw and just from how you're interacting and smiling with people. And then the way you described, I, I'd like to just hear if you can maybe take us back a little bit. When did you get this desire? When did you get this uh, ambition to try to try to become a performer? Uh, so here's what's up. I've been raised in a household full of just like performing people. Uh, my dad went to Juilliard for opera, which like, uh, if you don't know, Juilliard is one of like the top art schools in the country. Um, he, he got there like right as it started. 
So it was like just becoming the well-known Juilliard right as he was graduating. So that's good. Um, and he didn't like, he, he followed up with it by mostly like taking a lower ride. Like he, he became a music teacher. He worked at, um, old folks communities and like was their entertainment guide guy. And then I had two older sisters who were both into singing and dancing and they went to dancing school. And <clears throat> because I was the only boy, my mom was like, well, you got to put him in dancing school. What else is he going to do? So, uh, started when I was a little kid was just like always dancing. Both my sisters were always singing, so I'd be singing too. And um, luckily, like it, I, some say like it runs in the family kind of thing, where it's like if your parents are musicians or you come from a line of musicians, you have music in your blood. And I buy that to an extent. I know I definitely like have a talent with music, but also I, I learned a lot. I, I, I took a lot of, I went to high school for music. I uh, worked really hard on like, figuring out how to do chord progressions and music theory and stuff. And um, then I went to college. Well, here's what's up. My high school was a performing arts high school. So it was like, you could either go for acting, singing or dancing. I went for singing. Uh, Cause I thought at the time, like musical theater is my life. That's where I'm going. <laughs> um, and, and that was fun. And I, and I, high school was cool. It was like, the entire student body was 200 people. So like everybody knew everybody. Everybody was each other, was up each other's buttholes, if you will. <laughs> and then um, I went from that very small school to a pretty small college, Ryder, where I met Claire Hamilton, our friend. Um, and I went for musical theater for two years there. And I, uh, so here's what's up. Like, I mean, some programs, are really good and helpful for musical theater. Ryder is a very good and helpful school to an extent, but like, it just wasn't my vibe. It just was, at least the musical theater part of it wasn't my vibe. It wasn't for me. I wasn't really getting what I wanted out of it. So I switched over to theater. What, what, um, what was it that you were hoping to get out of it? I was hoping to like be able to, well, here, I feel like also part of it was on my end because like a lot of it, it was more so focused on like dancing. That was the, when I got there, they were switching from being like, we kind of focus on singing and acting first and then like dancing, maybe. That's when they were switching the entire curriculum to being like, it's got to be dance heavy, dance heavy, dance heavy. And then we'll give you some acting classes and we'll give you a voice lesson every week. And I was kind of hoping to do more of like, more acting classes uh, involved with voice classes, more learning about, I don't know, I was kind of like hoping to learn a bit more about music theory, which I did. I learned more about music theory. I learned like how to play the piano a bit better. I did learn like acting for singers, which is all good. But I also like a lot of programs in the country right now uh, aren't like the most healthy. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes uh, like, uh, like, Sometimes not saying that writer always did this and it doesn't like now it's pretty, it's a lot better. Um, but like sometimes in a lot of different schools, a professor would be like, well, if you want to succeed, you should lose like 30 pounds or like, if you want to like get this kind of gig, you should be. And then we'll kind of say something like a little inappropriate or like we'll give more opportunities to kids who are able to afford more lessons and stuff like that and kind of shut away kids who couldn't afford as much. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm only, just based on the films and the stuff I've watched, I'm only assuming, and the people I've talked to, it's extremely competitive. 
Very, yeah. And it's highly, it's got its own kind of ego to it, its own kind of... Yeah, and that was kind of, that's that's what I'm saying, is that, like, at Ryder, I was kind of being taught, like, more so in the musical theater department, uh, this is all a competition, here's, what's your edge, come on, like, you gotta come up with your edge, what puts you above everybody, how are you above everybody, what makes you different, and I was like, I'm not about that, I would rather be just focused on, like, who am I myself? Who am I like as a performer? How am I able to grow? What is something I'm interested in that I can use in performance that I can use to get gigs? You know, that kind of thing? Yeah, how, how did you begin that? Cause that's, that's been like the theme of everything I've done is like the process of self-discovery, figuring out what in me wants to birth itself into reality. Like what creative part of me wants to show itself? How do you, how have you, have you tried to figure that out? Um, right now is especially a big time to be like, this is the time to take a few steps back and figure it all out. Like with coronavirus, I've been home. I was living in New York City, as you know, living in like an apartment and now it's closed. I don't think it's gonna be reopening. I don't feel like I'm gonna be moving back into the city at least until next year. So I'm like, I've been back in New Jersey with my parents since March. And like, this has been the time to like, hard breaks really take a step back and look at what am I doing? What's like, what's the main thing I want to do with my life, with my career? How do I want to live my life? That kind of thing. Um, and as a kid, it was more so like, I watched movies and I watched musicals and I was like, I want to do that. And that was it. You know what I mean? Like just boom, bam, bop, like easy peasy. But now as an adult, I'm able to take a step back and be like, wait a minute, do I want to do just any old musical? Do I want to do any old movie? If I just want to, if I want to put my bar as low as saying I want to be in a movie or I want to be in a musical, then like who's to say I'm not going to be in Cats the movie musical where everybody hates it, you know? <laughs> um, and yeah, but really what it is is like what do I want to do with myself creatively? Because um, I don't, I do want to be an actor. I really, that's, that's, I, I am an actor. I'm saying like all these wannabes, but like I am. I am already an actor. I've been in a few off-Broadway productions. I was in, um, an off-Broadway production of Holes. Do you know Holes, the book oh, yeah. and the movie? Lewis Acker. Yeah, Lewis Acker. My friend made a musical parody of it uh, called Pits. And it was like, yeah, it was funny. Like, it was originally just the musical version of Holes, but then he realized, like, that might get copyright infringement problems. Let me just change it. And so he turned it into, like, a parody. And it worked, and it was fun. Um, I played the grandpa both times I was in it, so that was fun. Because uh, I can grow a beard that's like this long. Uh, <laughs> um, and I'm really good at age makeup. That's something I learned in college, which was very worth it. When I switched to theater in college, that's like when things started to like really click together for me. That's when I started to learn like, I do want to be more like, I would rather be an actor than a musical theater performer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What, what, say that? Yeah, because... Well, can you unpack that a little bit? What does it mean, yes. what does it mean for you to be an actor versus a musical performer? Yeah, whereas, like, I mean, and this could also get a lot of heat back from me saying that in the first place, because the fact is, like, we're all actors, we're all performers, we're all just different kinds of performers. What I'm going to say, though, is, like, I've seen a lot of people in the musical theater industry who are like, that's their life and that's it. It's like, have you heard the newest recording cast album? Oh, you haven't? What's wrong with you? Well, yeah, it can be like, snooty, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like snooty kids, like 
over competitive kids like and i'm saying kids because like half the time they're still they act like kids even if they're like grown adults they they're kind of snooty and they're not really like they don't take time to really care about who they're talking to how they're interacting with people how they're interacting with themselves and like it's kind of like but but the other thing is like the whole industry has kind of trained the people in the musical theater industry to be like that because it's such um like grab it when you can kind of thing where it's like the city's open and the auditions are just these three days now in those three days for those like six hours that those auditions are open like hundreds of people from uptown downtown out of state in state upstate like all these people from all over are going to come in and do their best and it's great like to be able to have that moment of like i'm doing my best in this audition but also the level of competitiveness in that moment is not healthy in my opinion i say like i would rather be this is also why right now i bought all this stuff i bought this recording stuff i bought these lights i bought these cameras because if i were to be auditioning for a film yeah it's still going to be as heavy it's like let's say i get called in for like a bit character funny guy in some tv show there's going to be like 30 other dudes in the room who look and sound and kind of act like me and that is the moments and like where people in college are like well that's why they were trying to train you to make you like separate from everybody else and that's true yeah but i'd rather it be more of an organic thing of like i'm just gonna be myself and i don't want to like put on this character anymore where i'm like i'm playing into what this person who's who's casting me wants to see you know what i mean i've heard of so many stories of actors that go into auditions and they go in with the attitude of them just not giving a shit i'm gonna be who i am yeah and that's always you know needle in the rough kind of a thing uh it is. And sometimes, Diamond. like, say again? Diamond in the rough. Just the, their yeah. authenticity and their ownership of a room of just being, like, it may not even align with the character, but something clicks for a later thing or an earlier, you know. Exactly. That's the other thing is, like, a lot of people are like, well, you just got to go to auditions so they see you. And that's true because half the time, like, if you go in and give your best audition in the world, but it's your first audition for this person, they might be like, wow, you're great. I've never seen you before and that might be a fluke. So thank you. I'll keep you in mind. You know what I mean? That's what I want to ask you is like, for me, from I've always wondered about this because like my main focus is really trying to make sure that I'm enjoying the process. That is the whole thing. Yeah. That's me too. Right now. I'm trying to switch over from being like competitive and like driven to get my goal based where I'm not having fun anymore. Right. To being like, let me try to like do what I want, have the most fun. And then like, once I'm at that level of cultivating the fun that I want, I can try to like show it off and be more like, Hey, do you want to have fun with me? You want to have fun with me? Check out this that I do. Check out this that I do. That kind of thing. And that's what was so interesting about theater. Like you were mentioning the, the, so, the social dynamics and the hierarchy that gets established in the community. It's very yeah. similar. Cause I from, come from a background of athletics. It's very similar to athletics. It's like, everybody's playing they've been playing a game since they were kids yeah they're being paid to teach how to play that game mm -hmm. no one's really growing up in the locker room no one's really growing up on the stage you have to go yeah out. yeah that's that's really the big thing right now well said because it's like a lot of programs are just recycling the old material of like what worked in the past 
of like, and that's cool because yeah, true, it does work still. Like you could, like people have come, I had so many master classes in college where it was like, we had, uh, we were, we're this casting recording company and, or casting company. And we had this guy come in for an audition and he sang Oklahoma in like seven different languages just to be funny, like just to do something weird. And that's great. Like, that's funny. That's his bit. That's his gimmick. And it worked and they loved it and they ate it right up. And then they kind of like throw that at you as a student being like, maybe you can find that kind of thing for yourself. And that's cool. And yeah, like they are saying like, find what makes you you and like access it and show it. But sometimes that becomes like kids take it the wrong way and go like, oh, so then I just need to come up with gimmicks nonstop. I just need to come up with like, this song is such like a song that I need to be a gimmick for. And it's like, well, now you kind of lost the point. Now it's like, now it's not about you. Now it's about doing a bit. So and like, that's what, that's super. So I've always been a bit of like, um, I've always kind of, I do well in groups, but I can never really, I never felt like I fit in that well. Vibe. Yeah. So it's, and, but when, when I've, when I took theater classes as a kid, I used to love them. That was my thing. I wanted to be an actor when I was like nine years old, eight years old, yeah. I went to acting classes, acting camps, all that stuff. Um, I want to know for you, you know, you were working at Stardust until COVID hit. Yeah. You were doing auditions. I was not as heavy though, because specifically this is something when you work at um, any restaurant, but specifically at Ellen's, it's a bit of a trap. Like restaurant gigs in general are like a bit of a trap because it's always going to be like, uh, there's two options. One, you work from like three till a very late hour and then you get all your tips for the day. And then by then you're already friends with the other servers and workers there. So they're like, want to come out for like a drink or something? Want to come out to do this? And you're like, sure. And then you lose a lot of your money and then you wake up the next morning too tired to go to an audition. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just, and, and especially at Ellen's where like they give you a five day a week work schedule. So it's just like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm working every single night until midnight or 1am. And then I have to go to sleep at like 4am and I don't have time to get up an hour after I go to sleep, shower, warm up, get to a place downtown just to sign my name and then hopefully like have enough time to go back and sleep and then come back and do an audition. You know what I mean? It's like, it becomes too much for uh, a lot of musical theater kids. And that's, that also adds to like why they're all so competitive and stressed out and shit. It's cause like the, and the the industry's like kind of weird all over um how it's all formatted how like to break in is a little difficult and it's cool but i when i was working at stardust i didn't have as big of opportunities to audition i still had i still had a few auditions i got like a call back for school of rock book of mormon um i think something else but i forget at the top of my head and those are great that i got callbacks for it and that I had time to audition for them. But half the time, like I would have to schedule an audition a month ahead of time in my head, keep working towards like finding the right music for it only to be scheduled like the night before the day before at work and be too tired to go to it the following day, you know? Yeah. Not to mention your work is performing too. So yeah, which is, and it was, it's, it's, it's like running a marathon that job. Like literally you were on the floor for 10 hours 
and your job is to like every half hour ish you sing a song and when you're not doing that you're running to every single table you can and being like do you need drinks how you doing how's your food do you need something to order and it's so loud that half the time you're just yelling and you can't even like so there'll be some days where like pretty early on when i started working where i was a singer i was just kind of being a little reckless and like just screaming all the time and screaming with my songs too and then like the second Christmas I worked there, my voice was like gone because I did that so much. I started taking my voice lessons uh, again and I was able to control it a bit better. So like by the, the following Christmas, I was like still hoarse as fuck, but like I would able to be able to still phonate and make sounds more like here as opposed to being like here all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So, so what, when, um, so you were working there, COVID hit, you realized how much energy it was taking, you're back at your parents' house, you got your gear. Where, so how, how, how are you approaching this? Like, what, how did it feel once you were taken out of your element? You know, you, you, you left the place in New York, you came back to New Jersey. Yeah, it's, um, it's anxiety producing, that's for sure. Right now I'm like, I've been going through it at COVID. I mean, like, I don't think, I don't know anybody who's thriving right now but i'm definitely not really thriving i'm just like doing my best to keep going and like keep working and try to like make myself happy with whatever i have so that's like why i bought all this stuff as we've been talking about but when i got pulled right out of it i was immediately like oh this is bad now i can't like even if i did have the energy to audition now i don't have the opportunity to audition because no. a like they're not holding auditions broadway's not opening until next year and I'm like, so many kids are moving out of the city too. So like, great, maybe that's a big opening for kids to get cast and audition and stuff. But at the other hand of it, it's like, what's gonna happen to Broadway? What's going to happen when we reopen? What's gonna happen to New York City if it reopens, when it reopens? It's gonna reopen, but like, what's gonna happen to it? I don't know. And I'm like hopeful that things go back to New York being like a big city that produces art and film and stage presences and, and all that jazz. But at this moment, I'm like, yikes, this is going to be a tough get back on. It's going to be tough to get things going back again. Um, so also that's why I've been kind of redirecting my energies and like seeing if I can research more on how to do photography and how to record more. So maybe I can, instead of going to these auditions at 4 a.m. every morning to like sing and then possibly get a call back only to get told like you don't really fit that specific hole you're too specific that kind of thing like which I've been told um when instead I could just record my voice I could just do like voice acting I could just like make little shorts on my own that's so fascinating to me, dude, is like about being an actor and auditioning. And, you know, I, I knew, I guess I'm, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to unpack this here, but, you know, growing up when I, when I had my, you know, I came from an athletic family. So my goals were kind of set for me in that sense. Like I kind of knew if I focused at this thing, I could be good at it. Yeah. It was very clear, like on the field or in tape that, people were athletic and had talent and could perform and, and on the, on the field or not. And it was like, as long as I just 
showed up and played really well, I would do good, you know? Yeah. And like, it's so crazy because like even the recruiting process, like coaches came and recruited me. I never had to really, yeah, you didn't... or anything. It was just like, if you're just good enough, people show up. So it kind of fucked up my brain a little bit because I've never really experienced rejection in the realm of the arts because I'm so focused on, you know, just trying to figure out what I can do to be the best me on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And a lot of people take that story, like what you went through, like of, of people just coming to see you being like, you're really good. Come with me. And they think that's what performing is like. Cause that's also how it's been shown in a lot of movies and stories of like, like you're a performer, you're on stage, you're singing. And suddenly after the show, some producer comes up and is like, you're really good. I, I'm a producer. You should come work with me. And that like never happens. <laughs> that does happen. Yeah, sure, it happens to like celebrities, but it's not gonna happen to you. Like it is, if you're lucky, knock on wood, but like the gig as performer that they keep trying to train you to do is like, it's, it is the mindset of it's not gonna happen. So you have to like find your thing to do it. You have to go to these auditions. You have yeah. to create your own art. You have to make, 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 make until either somebody does notice it enough or that you can show it off enough or that you can go up to somebody and say, hey, I'm doing this, look at it, work with me, kind of thing. So how, how, how have you cre- uh, cultivated your self-esteem through this auditioning process and trying to get out there and, you know, is that- It's difficult. <laughs> um, it's, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very lucky that I was growing up a pretty darn competent person. Um, since like graduating and getting out of school that has like gone down a whole bunch like my self-confidence is like taking a huge punch mm-hmm. but i'm like building back I'm, I'm just slowly coming back to this like moment of like it's it's not a comparison nobody can compare themselves to me because they're not me and i the only thing i can compare myself to is my past self and like all i can really do if i'm going to do that is the smart thing of checking off like what I'm doing better now and how I'm growing and how I can advance myself further and how to keep growing. Because that's the other part of this industry is what I like now that you brought it up, a lot of this industry is just comparing and contrasting yourself to other people, which is so unhealthy and like really difficult. Like it's, it's weird when when I was like in college and I would do these like mock auditions for producers and uh and casting directors and stuff they'd be really like smart and chill and then sometimes you get like student feedback and they'd be like that reminded me of this actor that reminded me of this actor and that reminded me of this actor and sometimes you'd be like yes i'm all about that and sometimes you'd be like why are you saying that why are you comparing me to this person when like that's not what i want or that kind of thing um like i like and, and then on top of it, if they do compare you to somebody, then that brings in a whole other level of like, I have to make their choices. I have to do the things that they're doing. Otherwise, I'm not going to succeed. And it's and we're, like... Oh, we're all subconsciously doing that all day long. Yeah, we're exactly. Not, we're not aware of it. Like, we are constantly playing that comparison game, you know? Mm-hmm. 100%. So, and you go first. Well, I was, I was just going to, I was going to ask again about, you know, you come home in March, you know, and it's almost yeah. like, I'm just to reiterate what you were saying. It's almost like your career, everything clean slate. We don't know what's going to happen. You're in the, yeah. Un- well said clean slate. That's it. Yeah. So what's, what is that? 
you, you went through, did you go through the seven stages of grief? Did you like? Yeah, I mean, kind of, yeah. I definitely, I, I, I knew that I needed a therapist before COVID started and now <laughs> I have a therapist. So good yeah. for me. I'm happy that I did that. No, right. same, same here, by the way. Massive yeah. Block. Good job. Good, good. We all need yep. one. Go to Make us. Sure, yes. Go, go us. Yes. Make sure it's the right one. If it isn't the right one, go find another. It's okay. You can always find a new one. Um, but yeah, the, it was. It's it's been a whole freak out moment for me and and a lot of my friends. A lot of my friends um, are like moving out of the city and are just going back home to far off states where they are under the impression of like I'm not going to perform ever again, or they're under the impression of like this is it. Like my career in New York City is over because of this now. And that's a shame because I I can see where they're coming from and I definitely felt a uh, smidgen of that. But I'm always like, as a kid, I used to say this and like, it's not something I still say, but it's the sentiment I hold true. Whenever I would find myself in a freaking out moment, I would, as a kid, be like, stop, stop, stop. This is not what they're going to talk about on your E! True Hollywood story. Remember that? <laughs> and like, yeah, and, and that's not what I say now exactly, but the sentiment is still true. Like, when I'm in a moment where I'm like, I'm not going to perform again, ever. I'm not going to perform in New York City. I got to stop and be like, this isn't what's going to be written in my biography. This isn't what's going to show up in the movie they make about me or something like that. This is, this is the time where, like, if that's the case and I don't perform again in New York City, that's fine. I know I'm a performer and I know that I'm going to perform somewhere that will make me feel fulfilled and will fulfill me financially and emotionally, etc. That kind of thing. So I'm good. I'm good. We got here. Cause I want to open up. I usually wait till like, I don't know. I want to open it up right here, but like the idea of dreams and ambition. Yeah. And, and I spent the last three and a half, four years doing everything I could to make it right. Yeah. You know, designed a social network, got raised money for it tried to get it running, uh, started a rap career, made two records, you know, started podcasts, writings. I've done everything. I've tried to will myself into excellence every way, which way I could. Mm -hmm. And found myself totally depleted, depressed. Yeah. Like totally fucked up. You can wring yourself thin and like still have be the end of it. Be like, what do I have to show for it? Fuck, 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 fuck. You had to be like, I had to reassess, like, what, what does it mean to have a dream? And what's the difference between my dreams and reality? And what's the difference between my peace and contentment and what I think happiness is? Yeah, that's the other thing is, I mean, that's that's a whole thing about um, uh, what is the, it's destination happiness. Is that what it's called? Where you believe, like, I won't be happy until I get blank. I won't be happy until, like, I'm at this point in life. I won't be happy until I have this career. I won't be happy until I'm in this relationship. I won't be happy until I have this home, et cetera. Um, and I've been trying to like make points of like, whoa, step back. Yes, let's really, the happiness is here. You need to find the happiness in where you are. That's the only way you're going to be happy when you get there. Because lo and behold, if you do all those steps and you're like, I'm gonna, I'm only going to be happy in blankety blankety blank under these circumstances, then you might like build up and get to those circumstances, get there and be like, I'm still not happy. What the hell? Like, you got to take the moments to be like, I got to be happy here. I got to be happy now. I got to, like, find what's going to get me comfy again and, like, 
put me back to center and then I'm going to take a step to go towards that dream or towards that goal so that I can be more fulfilled. I can be more filled with the light and the love that I want it to be filled with. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Bruce Lee has great philosophy on this. I read his, his uh, essays and his writings all the time. Badass. Because I'm really into mysticism. Or I'm really into spirituality. I'm really into, you know, the moment being the only thing that's real. Because it's true. That's the only other I, That's You go first. Well, I mean, it's, a, it's kind of a contradiction, though, because we have these natural ambitions, these natural drives, you know, mm-hmm. we, want to, we want to do something, we want to make it, you know, and Bruce, Bruce did a good job of synthesizing those two ideas that yes, you, you want to be in the moment in harmony and content and actualize yourself. But also, it's totally fine, totally cool to have a goal and an aim. You want to aim at yeah. the end, but mm-hmm. also be here, you know? That's really what it, especially if you're taking account of like this moment, I am here, I am comfortable, I am working towards that goal, but I'm just here right now. And even if that, like, even if you're not like working in that exact moment towards that goal, you can still just take a minute and be like, I didn't get to write it all today and I was going to write this scene that I wanted to. It's okay. I'm here. I can do that later today. Or I can do that tomorrow if today doesn't work out. I'm still working towards that goal. It might not be physically, tangibly happening right now, but I, my energy is heading towards that goal. My spirit is heading towards that goal. My, my mindset is in the mindset of like, I have this goal. It's mine. Thank you, universe, because it's coming to me and I'm so grateful for it. And like, as somebody recently once said, like start talking about your manifestations as if they already happened. Right. I've been working a lot on manifesting this past, the past few months. Like I've just been like, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. And then I realized, and then I heard the thing of like, say it like it's already happened. Say it's like it's already happened. And I've started to be like, yes, I have all this money that I want. I have the career that I want. I have the fulfillment that I want. I have the love that I want. I have the house and pool and family that I want. And Obviously, I'm very happy with my family. I have the family that I want. My parents and sister and her boyfriend are great. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, my own family one day. Right. If I keep saying it like I have it or I had it, it's like it's in my presence in this moment. Even if it's not tangibly here, that energy is going out there. That energy of, like, this is what I want. I'm positive of it. I'm sure of it, universe. <laughs> Hear me now. Please, let's work together and, like, get that going. And it, I, it's hard to, to get to that state because it really is like, you have to cultivate that. That's something like, I only really like found myself moving and succeeding when I was in that kind of state where I was like, I'm in the mindset of like, these things are coming. I have to believe in them and I trust them and I do believe them. And they're here now. They're just not with me in person. They're just on this planet waiting to be mine. And that's great. And when I get in that moment, when I get in that zone for like a few weeks on end, I start to like really come up with the best shit in my life. Or when I start to like attain nice stuff, I start to make the big moves in my life. And it's really hard to continue to cultivate that. Oh yeah. And like keep it going and keep being like, I still have this, I still have this, I still have this. Especially when like, especially in the theater community, when everybody, when all your left and right turns are just no's. When like, you're in, you go to an audition, you're like, I have this, this job is mine, this career is mine, I have this. You go and you audition, you give your best, and they're like, great, thank you. 
go out and like you don't you don't ever hear from them again it that takes like a gut punch it it that hurts and you have to like take that time to still be like okay that wasn't it but i'm still i still have this this career is still mine this this fortune is still mine this faith that i have in myself this good energy is still mine and i will use it to the best kind of thing that's why i think it's so interesting with with the covid and the self-discovery because the acting as if right is like it really is a mentality it's an attitude mm-hmm. and it's almost as if like when it when the covid hit for me i really had to dig in to you know who i am yeah because i looked back and saw all these different like i was discovering and like it used to be so crazy to me to load up the videos of performances and load up the songs and being like was that fucking me like i used to be just so enamored that i had mm-hmm. that I, could, I could show up in that way but my my subconscious my 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 id or my ego attached to it I, like i became to identify with these things yeah, yeah. and for sure, uh, sure. And you go first well, when the, when, the, when the COVID hit, it was like, all of a sudden, I realized that I could let go of everything. That, like, all I am is a human being, just like everyone else on a planet that's infinitely spinning in all directions, you know, and it's like, okay, like, everything around me, like you were saying, too, is like, the idea that, I wrote something the other day, but reality wants you to succeed. It wants you to go where, but it's, it's 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 going to decide where you're going i'm not so like the yeah. idea, like i realized real quick that that all the external factors of the world are irrelevant my self-talk my self-criticisms my self-perfectionisms these are the things that are really bringing me down my ideas and thoughts about who i should be are what's really fucking me up yeah i've been following a lot of like uh self-help and self-care instagrams recently or just like blogs things to just like little sayings to help me remember like calm down get back to here and one of those like in one of the posts there's always those uh things of like nine hard truths that you need to learn before you're an adult something like that one of them is i read this once when i was younger and it really like shook me it's like nobody cares what you're doing the sad truth is the fact that really nobody cares nobody will care nobody cares anything about it nobody cares about they will care about you if you really like put in the effort and like you and you build a relationship, but nobody's going to care about you, dude. Even, and even if they do, we're not going to really know it. Exactly. That, that's another thing. And even if they care to like a negative way, if they're like, Oh, I care and I don't like it. Boo. And it's like, get over it. It's not get over it. It's just kind of like, well, okay, that's their opinion. Yeah. They're going to care in their way. Fine. I, this is my moment where I don't have to care and it's okay just to like, take this time and there was another one that was like nobody's gonna care about you they're only gonna care about what you can do for them i thought that was like a little shitty but uh and some points i'm like yeah that's true some points i'm like no 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 i disagree i disagree well it's the acting as if thing i'm gonna put something in the show notes to this episode that are people are listening but there's this great thing by stephen pressfield where it basically talks about our beliefs you know Uh and i don't you know I, I, I want to clear my mind and be open to, to everything and anything. Yeah. But uh, when it comes down to it being human, we do create these beliefs. And it's almost as if we have to decide, you know, do we want to believe this? Does this belief help or hurt? True. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's just like you were saying, like, was it helpful for me to believe that, you know, nobody gives a shit? That's the other thing. Yeah. 
is is this helpful and and some people are like that about their careers in the acting arts they're like is this helpful for me to believe that i'm gonna make it as an actor and i think always yes i always think it is helpful if you believe in yourself as a performer and just believe like i'm gonna get where i need to go i'm gonna get it. and like if you put an aim on it if you put like where you want to be exactly if you I wouldn't put ever an age point on it. I would never put a time limit on it. Like sometimes people do and it gets them to get shit done faster, which I appreciate. And I think that's cool of them. That doesn't work for me. I can't be like, I'm going to be in this shape by October, 2021. Cause I've done that in the past and like have not gotten anywhere close and that's fine. But if I put in the mindset of like, I'm going to be in this shape, eventually i'm gonna put my energy for it i'm really believing it and soon i'll start to be like yes actually i'm gonna start eating healthier now let me start like doing these little choices little things that'll help like shift me towards that goal until the little things aren't even things anymore and they're just become the habit they become the good habits that we have Mm -hmm. which is another thing um believing what you're saying like trusting what you believe like you really need to take a step back and be like, is this belief that I have, is this good or is it bad? That also comes out of just like habitual tendencies we all have. Right. Uh, there's this thing called um, the Alexander Technique, which I really love. If you, if you get the chance, check it out. It's like the whole idea is how to move your entire body through life without any tension whatsoever in your body. So it's like, it's like essentially, it's like walking meditation. It's moving meditation. Kind of I'm going right. to write this down because th- that's how I want to live my life. Yeah, and it's great. My God, I took like a year and a half of it in college. Well, I took like a year of it in college. And then like every semester I, ha- I met with that professor who would be teaching it. And she and I would just work on how I move my body and like how I walk and how I, because before I went to college, dude, my shoulders were here all the time. I was like always this kid with the shoulders like up my ears. And now like I'm able to actually take a second when if I feel, and it still happens, like I'll get anxious and I'll be here, but I'll realize it and I'll start to be like, okay, calm down, calm down, put these shoulders back, put these shoulders down. They don't need to be up by your ears. Like, and other stuff, just like, oh, how's my back? Ooh, that doesn't need to be so tense. Let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. And eventually, hold on. Uh, I'm just going to quick finish up this one last thing. Um, the whole point of it is that like it, you're, you're stuck doing all these, like my shoulders up because it's a habitual tendency. Ever since I was a kid, I built a habit of putting my shoulders up when I got angry or tense. And Alexander technique is all about like this, tel- this helps you be so in the moment that you can stop yourself right before you do that habitual tendency. Like you can stop before you clench your jaw or clench your hands and say, wait a minute. This is uncomfortable, but I don't have to react that way. I can take a breath, let my skeleton realign to how it's supposed to realign to, and then I can move and like make a choice from there. And it, it's, it's incredible because it showed me how much power I have inside my body and how much power I have over my body, which is really something that a lot of people don't know. No, Nobody me- really... Yeah. I went till I was 26 years old before I realized I was having thoughts. Yeah, like, exactly. Half the time, like, everybody just goes through life without realizing, like, 
I can kick my legs. A lot of people can't do that. I can do this thing with my hands. Not everybody can do that. I have this amazing body that has the power to like just shift everything in, in our own life, in our own world. Like I would go into um, that Alexander Technique class with like, oh, I hate everything. I'm so like bummed out. I didn't get this audition. I didn't get this thing. I failed this test, yada, yada, yada. And I would like spend an hour and a half with this lovely lady, Meet Andrews, and she would just help me unwind everything and just help me come back to like, here's how your skeleton is supposed to stand. Just get your body to stand like that and let the muscles just happen. Because, and, and it's, it's a really brilliant technique. It was made by an actor and it's like, it's, it's so powerful. He was able to like cure a guy. Uh, he was able to cure a paraplegic and get him walking again just with this technique. Like this guy fell off a horse. He was uh, paralyzed from the waist down for three years. And this guy who created the technique, FM Alexander was like, let's sit down, let's work on this. Let's work on it together. And like a year later, the guy was running, jumping, dancing all that jazz it's i've heard so many stories so similar because the mind and the body it's it's one thing it's a body and what we're raising yeah. what we're doing is cultivating awareness it's like we mm -hmm. don't know that we're breathing we don't realize that we're hunched we don't realize that i've got this tick and i'm biting my nails or and it goes all the gamut of all the compulsions i'm checking social media constantly i'm overeating i'm over exercising like we're constantly yes raising the level of awareness, getting in, in harmony, like a tuning, like our body is like a tuning fork. And we want to be able to understand how it's operating. For sure. Literally. Um, and definitely Alexander's technique is great on how to refocus on your body. Whereas like I've been starting to get back into meditation and like mindfulness exercises and just like taking time to really just like close my eyes and breathe and just unwind, just take a minute and be like, nothing else is here, it's just my breath, come back to this. Because in the end, that's, that's all that really is there. That's all that, well, the Alexander Technique teacher said one thing to me once, and I thought it's brilliant. The ground is your friend because the ground will always be there for you. And it's true, the ground will always be underneath your feet. Even if you're in a plane, you're standing on some form of ground, you're never like, the only time the ground is not there for you is when you're falling and the ground's coming for you, buddy. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, that's something, when, that's something that really helps me when I get too tensed out or freaked out, just shoving the energy back into the ground and being like, come back to this, come back to where my mind can kind of flurry away, clear out some thoughts, not even clear out, just like let the thought pass. Cause that's the whole thing I've been learning through meditation is it's not even about like clearing your mind, turning off the switch or anything like that. It's really just like, Oh, I had a thought. Okay. I don't have to think about it anymore. Oh, I had a thought. That's a fun thought. Thank you. I can go back to focusing on my breathing now. And that's where I've been like, I've been coming back to a lot of that recently where like if somebody, if my family like starts to bring up something really political and sad or like brings up the death of somebody I know or like brings up, a past regret that I have or brings up like anything that makes me uncomfortable sometimes and not just my family, my friends, like anybody, any situation where that kind of thing is brought back up. I'm now starting to take the habit of like, okay, okay, take a breath. These thoughts are here. That is scary. Let it go. Come back to the breath. 
you're in this moment, oh, they're still talking about it? Okay, I can just leave the room, take another breath, watch something fun, like maybe get my mind off it, do something, and then come back to the situation with a cleared mind and then like a more fresh body. Which I think is also gonna like probably be good to hopefully when auditioning happens again, knock on wood, uh, that that's gonna be something I'm gonna be able to handle a lot better. Cause I feel like uh, for film auditions, it's a bit, it's a bit more one-on-one. -on -one. For film auditions, if you're called into audition, yeah, there's a room of all these people, but the director actually wants to talk to you and actually wants to like say, okay, try this. Okay, try this. Okay, try this. And as a performer, sometimes that's like really, that's, that's the big thing about callbacks is like, they're gonna have somebody who just says, great, now try this. Great, now try this. And like, let's shift your performance. And sometimes like as a performer, you get so tense that you're locked into what you were doing, no matter what. Right. Like I've had a few callbacks where like, I did the song and I was really nervous about it all. And the casting director was like, okay, um, how about try these things? Can you try these things for me, please? And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And I like did it to the best of my ability, but I was so tense and I was so freaked out about it already that I was just doing the same choices as before. I was like yeah. making the same, like I, I did the same kick that I did earlier when she said, don't do the kick. Not really, like she didn't say don't do the kick, but like, that's an example. Yeah, yeah. You get so tensed up like that, you can't really perform to the best of your ability. So when you're doing a one-on-one -on -one film audition, they're even more like, you made these very small choices. Can you try this? And it's a bit more intimate and it's a bit more calm to me. So like, I feel like when I go back and start to audition for film more, I'll be able to be like, okay, let me think about those things. And now let's go, let's do the scene again. And I'm excited for that. I'm excited to be using my mindfulness techniques more into my performance elements. Yeah, especially as like a performer or, or an actor is like, I feel like for me, part of the excitement would be who wants to show up. You know, one of, the yeah. one of the challenges would be to adapting to the moment, to adapting to the stimulation of a director or a casting person who's wanting you to try and bend and shift in different ways that you weren't expecting. And it's like, how do I maintain, this is what's super fascinating to me, is how do I maintain this inner resource, this inner energy of, of spontaneity, spontaneity and authenticity and embodiment for whatever this moment or this environment wants me wants it to be like how yeah. do I use like that's the other thing too is like, how do I look at myself as the puppet you know as yeah the, for sure yeah that's the other and that's what's also really good about the Alexander technique is like once you get to that point of like let me just unwind my body you're so free to move your body whatever way you want like you can just think like okay now I have to act it like I'm a cockroach. And suddenly like, as opposed to before where you're kind of tensed up and being like, okay, I'm a cockroach. Is this okay? <laughs> if you do the Alexander technique, like you chill out your body, go like, okay, now I got to do it as a cockroach. Okay. <sighs> now I'm a cockroach. Like, and then you're actually in it. You become like this, you become more of a shape. You become more freewheeling and you're able to become more of this puppet or this caricature that you're looking for. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. That's part of the adventure I would say of the, of the arts is, you know, we're, yeah. we're in it, but that doesn't mean it has to be, you know, who I am. For sure. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like, this is what I was kind of saying before. Like, a lot of musical theater kids and like some theater kids, were, 
that's just their life. That's all of their life where it's like, have you seen this? Oh, you haven't? All right. And then they kind of like leave you alone. Or like, do you know this cast recording? Oh, you don't? All right. And then they kind of leave you alone. And other people like in the film industry too, where it's like, have you auditioned for this thing yet? You haven't? Whatever. And they kind of leave you alone. That's not really cool because that's like just feeding into like, you're going into this repetitive state of like, not working with the system how you want to be. Like, now that like I'm kind of out of the element and able to like see what's going on, I'm like, now's the time for me to just like learn whatever. Just to like, like art, definitely. I want to learn more about art. want to learn more about photography and all that jazz. But also like learn a new language. Learn how to like tie new knots. Learn how to do anything stupid and fun that you like because that's just a skill that you will have that will help you be happy and creative and like full of your own energy. Whereas opposed to like, if you just get caught up in this loop of like, have you seen these cast recordings? Have you heard this show? Have you watched this? Blah, 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 blah. Then you get caught up in these other people's choices. You get caught up in like, that performer did this, so I should do this. And it's like, that's not necessarily true. That performer did that. How about you take a minute, search inside yourself, what's something you would do in the real truth of it. And I think that's really cool to like be, to take that, to be like, yes, now's the time to really look up books that I haven't read before. Look up this skill that I never knew I had. Look up this thing that I want to learn. That helps you round yourself out as a person and thus makes you even more of an integral performer. Um, And what's great about that is when you learn all that stuff, you take all that and you implement it into acting classes or improv classes, specifically acting and improv classes, that's the two places. Like once you learn the Alexander technique, which I just think everybody should just because that will help them live better. If you learn the Alexander technique, like with the intent of I'm going to use this in performance, then you, you take, you take all of the fun things, you know, in life, your love of werewolves, your love of musicals, your love of sci-fi, your love of like robots or something like that. And then you bring that into your acting class. You bring that into your improv class where like this acting is not like you can play with it in acting. You can really play with it in improv class. Cause then it's like, you can do anything. You can just walk into a set and be like, I'm a werewolf today. Arr! Who's hanging out with me or that kind of thing, you know? And you can just develop your own story and come up with new ideas and come up with new thoughts and if you have the alexander technique in your person on your body doing all these things with it then you're like you're fucking you can do anything one of the best performers that i love uh who i really like i'm getting back into him do you watch that show legion i've seen it but i've never i know what you're talking about yeah you know what i'm talking about there's a guy in it and his name the actor is bill Irwin, and he was um he was, he played this character named Carrie who has a human being living inside his mind that can like come out of his body somehow. And that's cool. That's not really what the point is. The point is that actor Bill Irwin um, was a mime and is like an avid Alexander Technique user. And you can just, you can see it in how he moves. You can see it in how he acts. He's so very everything he does is almost like a dance. Everything he does is like a pose. It's big. It's like, it's a shape. It's not like, it's not just some guy being subtle. It's like, it's a story with his body, which I think is incredible. And I think that's really cool. Um, and I think that's something that 
is so needed for the stage right now. And a lot of people don't have it and just kind of rely on their own stage presence of being like, I have confidence on stage when it's like, you can do so much more. You can like learn how to have that confidence on stage, but also use your body in a bit more of like an artistic way to show yourself. Like if I'm playing with the Alexander technique, if I'm playing a meekly smaller character, I now know like how to hold myself smaller and like more like hidden without being, without hurting myself, without like actually crunching my body or hurting my spine. And if I'm playing like a bigger guy who's stronger and like a bit more burly, I now have the access to like, okay, just make lengthen these bones, lengthen these bones, make myself as big as possible. And if you just imagine yourself it's, enough of it, then your body follows, you know? If people aren't watching and you're just listening, it's just, I literally just watched him shapeshift into three different versions of himself. It was, it was incredible. Dude, and that's, that's, thank you. What, um, yeah, man, I, I, so I'm always endlessly fascinated by performers as well. Like I was watching What's Eating Gilbert Grape with DiCaprio, you know. Oh God, he's amazing, man. 19 years old doing that. Yeah. The authenticity. The, Both the my parents are uh, special ed teachers and they're like, they're really hard. Like, uh, I don't buy this performance. I don't buy that performance. Whenever it's somebody playing a person with mental handicap. But they are like, when they saw Leo DiCaprio, they're like, that's perfect. When they saw Shia LaBeouf in that one movie he did when he was a kid, they're like, that's perfect. They're... And and Leo DiCaprio, he is a mastermind. He's crazy. Don't understand it at all. Never th never think I will, and that's okay. Like I, wa I watch films like Bjork, watching Bjork perform, or uh -huh. Brad Knoll, or any of these artists where you you're watching them and you're just like, they're literally representing something that's not them. They're they're yeah, and they're so fluid and they're so expressive and weird and authentically like. And this is Jason, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I watched a video with him the other day, and he basically described what it's like for him when he gets on set. And what he loves so much about performing is as soon uh -huh. as he hears the, you know, the sets, the roles, the time, it's like his brain shifts, and he loses all sense of who he is, and he's just totally in the moment and, like, in for the scene. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's good. That's where it's at. Yeah, I'm getting chills just talking about it because everything you just described is, like, really working out your – self your body your mind your attitude your everything about who you are to be as malleable and adaptable to the moment as it as it can be that's really it because the fact of the matter is like you have to you have to completely change your whole self into this new shape into this new thing into this new person like uh when you brought up both joseph gordon levitt and leo DiCaprio, both have like you i don't i can't think of joseph gordon levitt specifically a performance but i can think of like uh, when Leo DiCaprio was in, um, uh, when he was in Django Unchained, and like he smashed his hand on the glass and started bleeding and just like kept going, which like really intense and really like a little crazy, but that's proof to like show sometimes it is that kind of thing. Like as as a performer, I've been there where I've been like, I made a mistake, oh, I can't give up, I just gotta keep going for the scene, ah! and then like with that push of that energy of like, I am a little tense because of it. Like now I'm mad that I messed up, but my character's supposed to be mad in this story. So, okay, here we go. And like, you just take that moment of I'm angry about this. I'm going to use it for how angry this character is about whatever. What with Leo DiCaprio was about how racist he is. And, and But like, I was in a play where like my character, where I'm like playing this really old guy who lost his mind 
because like he either possibly he saw God, possibly like he saw aliens, possibly like he saw another dimension where like ghosts and demons are crawling out. It's not even said, but he's just like describing it all in this monologue. And, and I'm, and I was doing this whole monologue and like going out there and I'm supposed to cry halfway through. And sometimes like I would just get lost thinking about what is this story? Like, that's the plan. It's like to really just forget the words eventually, like have the words so down that it's like, this isn't even the words that I read anymore. This is the words of the story of what's happening. Like, I'm not even reading a script saying like the lines of then the blank, 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 blank. Then we saw a giant sparkling light fly over our heads. Instead, I have to be in this mindset of like, I saw a giant sparkling light flying over our heads and I don't know what it is. And, and like, I have to get into that zone of like, have you, like when, when you go into that mindset of like, you've been there in life where you've been so scared of something you just don't know, where you're just like, I don't understand what's happening. Oh God, I really don't understand what's happening. Oh God. So as a performer, uh, it is kind of like our job to rabbit hole into emotions. You know what I mean? Like if, if, if we feel a boost of some form of like, if we're in the middle of like a story in a monologue and our character's supposed to be like sad about something, sometimes we just like get caught up reading the story as opposed to reading it as dialogue and just telling the story and feeling the story as if it's our own and being like, let's say like it's a story about like my kid died or something and by the end of it I'm supposed to be like a nervous wreck if I just keep talking about like my kid dying and believing it enough and starting to like really go into oh god my kid's dead oh god my kid's dead oh god and like that kind of stuff then it, then of course I'll break down I'll just like be a mess by the end of it it takes a while to build up that like energy to get to it and it takes a lot of practice but it's like it's that's our gig and it is really cool when you're able to do it for more stuff. Like I was able to do a play in high school, no college. I was able to do this play in college where like a kid I knew wrote it and my character has this like huge monologue where I tell this guy off and I'm like, I can't fucking believe you, blah, 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 blah. And, and I remember thinking like, oh man, this is all the things I wanted to say to blank. This is all the stuff I wanted to say to like this person. I know exactly this feeling. I know exactly what it felt like. Okay. Yeah, and then like I just give it with all of that energy and rabbit hole back into that moment of how much I was mad at this one kid in my life, and like other times, like it, it happens with happiness monologues too. Like there's a love monologue I have where like I build up into like saying how much I love this girl. It's crazy and it scares me and stuff. And when I first did it, I was kind of like I don't know how to do this until my acting teacher just pulled me aside and was like, "That's good. You're fine. Just keep." letting it build, let it grow, let it explode. You're so excited. You're in love. Show it. And I was like, okay, all right. And then I started to really take that energy idea of like, let this come up. Let this come up inside me. I am so in love. Oh, I am so in love. I'm so in love. I'm so in love. I'm so in love. Until I'm exploding with like a cool scene. So that's the whole thing is it's really just like letting yourself get taken away into an emotion, into a story and relating that so like that's the other thing is you can't just take yourself into that story otherwise you're just going to be like crying to yourself you have to like it take it into your body and then let it out and ex express it through everybody and let everybody in the world see it even if it is like in a way of like 
if you're on camera and your character is supposed to be like clamping up and not letting it show how hurt they are, even then you can't physically like clamp your body up and like hurt yourself. You have to internalize and you can't like act like this is what I would act like if I was sad. You have to really internalize, okay, this is, this is what my heartbreak is, but I really cannot show it. Okay. And then like really take that moment to blank yourself and only let it come out through the eyes, the nose, through like one part of your body, through like one twitch that can let it be shown that like, I'm not happy. I'm not having a good time keeping it stone cold face and stuff dude, that is that was fucking dope dude and that's i mean just to relate it back to that's what that's really what leonardo dicaprio does so well because he doesn't he's never not leo you know like yeah really isn't he just embodies the emotional state and lets, and lets his physical and his vocal and his character whatever do all the stuff but like you know you know you're watching him it's not like i don't know Everything. It's like that with Christian Bale too. Like Christian Bale is a crazy guy who he, he's a little more intense though. He's like he's he's a little he scares me a little bit much because he takes that and internalizes it a lot and then fully expresses it. But what, what were you gonna say? What we're really doing with art is we're we're trying to translate translate life and we want to make it as alive as fucking possible. Yes, exactly. We want to communicate a feeling. We want someone to feel it. Like we want. You know, and, and we got to let that work through us. And everything you just said was so good for me to hear because it can be, I can apply it to me today. Is like I get so caught up in how I think things should be or how I think reality or my world should operate. Yes. Mm-hmm. The fact that like, oh shit, like that's still me trying to run the show. What if I were to be in, be in a different mindset, be in a different emotional experience? Like the emotional agility it takes to bounce to the depths of despair, to the, to the joys of, of love. And it's like having that fluidity, that emotional fluidity, because the reality is as human beings, we're, we're confined and defined by our perspective. Yeah, for sure. I'm who I think I am and I'm doing what I think I'm doing. And I'm going where I think I need to go. Yeah. But, but like, what if we were to like go with that? What if we were to explore, you know, what it means to feel, what it means to be really in the story of there's something I did. We were talking earlier about this uh, earlier and I wanted to share it, but for about a week during the COVID I, I, I did this. I had this idea of like, what if I believed that everyone showing up in my life, everybody who's appears on social media, on the internet and my headphones are there because they want to be my best friend. And if they're saying, oh. they're saying some mean stuff, if they're saying some nice stuff, Whatever they're, everybody, all forms of stimulation in reality itself are just there because they want the best for me, was the belief. So even if my roommate, who I'm fucking pissed at, you know, I'm pissed at him for a reason and I need to figure out why, but like everybody just like, I played with that belief and it was interesting because I I started seeing the world differently. Like, yeah, the world's not out to get me because like you said earlier, nobody gives a shit. That's, yeah, (laughs) that's it. So like, what, what, what if the world wanted to service, you know, my authentic self or my, my actualized self, you know, who, who can show up to, to provide them? Like, that's the thing as an artist, you know, like what I want to do, what I really want to do. I want my body to be a conduit and add value to people's lives. Yes. You want to help. Yeah. I want to help people with your art, right? Yeah. Whatever form that can take. Uh Uh-huh. 
whether it be like I'm telling a really sad story that maybe somebody out there is really sad and they really relate to that. And it's like, finally they get it. I feel like I'm like, I, I can heal now. Like that's something that people need. Even if it's like some really happy, all the other end of the other end of the spectrum where you just like, you need to show you really, you need to relate your happiness to people and they will thus raise their frequency to be their happiness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other thing, yeah. Well, I mean, it's almost like we're all kind of, you know, you know, the I'm, I'm really into mystic shit, but like the the idea would be to, to continue to raise my level of psychic awareness so I can continue growing with people that want to grow, essentially. Yeah, that's really it. Right now, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I, I've been manifesting a lot that like I'm going to level up along with a lot of people because we're, I mean... The country's on a divide right now, my friend. And there's a lot of people who are like really less fortunate and really not getting what they need. They're really getting like fucked over. And I'm a very fortunate, very privileged young man. And like, I'm doing the best I can to help and, and try to do all I can while not being able to protest. Cause my parents are like in the, the age demographic for COVID. So like, I can't really go out and hang out with people, but this is the time to like use this manifestation power. This is the time to like use what we have now to search within ourselves, look around, see what we can do to like help ourselves and help each other grow. And like with that psychic awareness thing you're saying, like just this is the time when we look into ourselves, we open up to the universe. We also have to like open up our chakras, let it flow, let the ground. I'm a huge believer in like chi and yeah, yeah, and like I do a lot of, I've been doing a lot of chi cleansings since since COVID started because I'm like I need to whoa calm down, but like I've been making a big point of like really plant my feet on the ground, let the energy from the earth go up my legs, let it fill my body, let it let it empty out all the shit and the weird energy that I have in my body, let it shoot out of my head, and then just like let me be filled with what the universe has to give. Mm. And let me like, in that process, like once I'm done doing that, it takes a few minutes, but once you're done, like really cleansing yourself, chi wise, really getting yourself back to this moment, then you take that step of like what you want to do and where you want to go. And whether it be just like, I want to be comfortable. Let me smoke some weed. I want to do something creative. Let me write something. I want to do something creative. Let me watch a story to get inspiration. It's good to be, to be at this moment, to not be like so negative and hating on people and hating everything around you and getting so caught up in what you were saying, getting so caught up in like the world that we think we have around us, our perception of everything. It's important not to get caught up in other people's lanes. And the, and the cool thing about what we're doing right now is there's so much knowledge. I've, I've, I can't wait to listen back, but there's so much knowledge because I'm, I'm telling you, there's more people that feel just like you described. I can't act anymore. There's no auditions. What can I do? Like, how do I continue to learn? How do I continue to grow? Mm -hmm. Opening, like I know for me, like I have a background in addiction and alcoholism. Like, yeah, I know what I've been through. I know how to help people who have been through what I've been through. That's my lane. You know, like I yeah. got same with this stuff. Is like I know what it's like to write, produce, content create. You know, start businesses. I know how to do this. So I got to help people that want that thing because I know. Yeah. How to, I got to figure out what my lane is and help people on on that path. You know, and for sure. Because it's like a, it's a mentor, protege. It's a nice relationship. You learn while you teach. Yeah, for sure. And then I've been, you go, you go first, please. 
Oh, well, I was just, I was just gonna, you, you actually, yeah. Uh... <laughs> okay. Um, I was, I was just gonna say, like, you, now that you mentioned mentor stuff, like, I've been thinking about that a lot recently. Um, one of my friends, one of my roommates uh, in New York City, I'm like finishing up, moving out, so like I'm doing it in trips. One of my roommates, uh, she's this gorgeous young lady named Jasmine, and she's a lovely performer. And she went up to Canada like a few months back. I met with the guy who was the original Tom Collins and Rent. If you don't know who that is, he's he's he was also like in Law and Order SVU. He was on like a lot of daytime TV shows. Really great actor, really really great actor. And he was like, I have all these mentees. If you need a mentor, let me know. And if you don't want me to be your mentor, I will help you find a mentor. And I think like that's really cool. I haven't at all started looking in that world yet. I haven't thought about like, who would I want as a mentor? What kind of person would I want to be looking for as a mentor? But and that's something like I've been putting in my mind a little bit, just like, this is great. I'm doing okay myself. Like I'm finding what I can right now, but I definitely would like a little more guidance and I would like for somebody to just help me out a little bit. And sometimes that comes in the shape of a mentor. Sometimes in the artist world, it comes in the shape of like a manager where they're, cause a lot of times managers are like, you've got an agent, but you've only got an agent for so long. A manager you've got for a lifetime. And that's great. And that's cool. And, and, and I like that idea that like, there's somebody here who's like invested in your career and wants to help you advance your career and wants to help you like find little things that you can do to help you move. But then there's the other thing of just like trust of like finding that person that's right for you. Cause you can't, I don't want to like sign up to get a mentor, go three weeks of it and be like, Oh, I don't like you. You know what I mean? Cause I'm a very friendly and sociable guy. So like I take people, I take the best of people a lot of the times and like, and in the past it has gotten me like fooled into hanging out with some lame ass people. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you, we get, it takes some it takes some time to learn who someone is. A lot of times we walk with a projection, you know. For sure, yeah, and like. Well, I was just gonna off of what you're saying. Also, our peers can be a great resource for mentorship, essentially. That's true. Yeah, I never, and that that's another thing. Like people our age can be our mentors. People our age can be like, like our mentees. Like if there's a kid who, if there's somebody my age or older who's looking up to me because I can do these three things, I'm be happy to just be like, yeah, let me show you how to do these three things. Boom, one, two, three, done. And like, if that takes a long time, cool, great, awesome. I'm doing that. I like, I am giving like voice lessons to just one friend right now because she has an audition coming up and like, like she has to audition for a really rocky voice kind of sound. And <clears throat> I've not, I'm not like the best person in the world who can do like really rocky sounds, but I know at least the basics of it Balboa. to a point. Say again? Balboa, Rocky Balboa sounds? No, rocky sounds. Just like, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like that kind of stuff. Like rock and roll, like 80s rock, 60s rock. Stuff where you have like a kind of in your voice, a kind of grunge. I've, I, I used to be a puppeteer and like had to do like a child's, I was a children's puppeteer and a children's musician. And I would do like half of the show with my regular voice, just singing to the kids with this other guy. And then for the other half of the show, I would have this puppet named Eugene, who's like this one-eyed monster with horns and he's furry and friendly and he talks like this and he's really happy to be around. Hey! So like I had to, and when I first did it, it was like fun because 
it was fun and fine, but I was basing all of the sound out here. So I was like, blah, blah, blah. I was more around, um, hi everybody, how are you doing guys? I'm Eugene, this is really fun. And it was cool, but it would, like, you saw how red I just got there? Like, that was me doing it for like a half hour. So eventually I was like, I gotta change this. I gotta change up the voice somehow, make it more accessible and less fucking with my voice. And so I changed it completely to be like all kind of out of my nose. So now, if I'm talking as Eugene, it all sounds right here. So it's all me, 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 you know? As opposed to being, where I can't talk or sing or like make a lot of sound afterwards. And when I started using that voice and stuff, I was able to kind of cultivate it and use it more for the rock songs that I would sing at the restaurant. You know, like if I were doing a song where they would have to have like one of those crazy growls like like um i'm a goofy gooba rock you know like rah! people want to hear that kind of sound and my one friend is auditioning for a movie where she has to play a rock star from like the 60s and um and so i'm really trying to help her like find that eh, kind of sound to her voice you know what i mean man that's so cool thanks man would you <laughs> open to people reaching out to you and just if they had any questions or any yeah i mean i'm not so like i'm i'm no uh, right now i'm still on my journey i'm nowhere close to like where i want to be in my career but i'd be happy to like help out anybody who wants to get to like where i am in my career which is like moving at least a little bit what uh i want to ask just a, a couple fun questions just to go for it. No, this has been the shit, dude. Thank you so much for joining, man. This is of been course, man. This is a nice combo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll definitely have to do it again. What? I'm down. Especially after the world opens up, I want to know like why you're in the shit. I want to get a good perspective. Yes, that would be fun. That would be good. Well, what uh, what would you what would you say? This is a two part question, but like, what would you say you're aiming at? What's your dream? What's your what's your what is it that you're shooting for? Like, where, where would you say you want to go? My aim is to be um, is to be a well-known film actor uh, who does voice acting as well, who's known for being a singer as well, but mostly is known for like doing film acting. I would like to be on either like yeah, I'd like to be on TV. That'd be nice. I would really like to be in movies. I would really like to be in film uh, on a big screen in some big budget movie, but also like indie movies. I would like to be at the point where like where where i could go and audition for a musical on broadway and they could say oh you're here <laughs> i'm saying like and you know what i mean like like daniel radcliffe was harry potter and then one day he was like i want to do how to see business without trying on broadway and they were like okay but they didn't really it wasn't like that it wasn't automatically like that like there was obviously like producers were thinking about somebody he was like, I'm interested in doing a musical. And his agent and manager were both like, he's interested in doing a musical. And they were like, great, let's hire him. That's where I want to be. To be that kind of level where like, I'm, I'm well enough known on screen and on TV where like, if I decided I would like to do a play in New York, I'd like to do a, a, a musical in New York City, or I'd like to do like a little tour, I'd like to do a little improv thing, then it would bring attention to that. And also like, that being said, I would like to take that power and use it to like good efforts. If like, if I were to get to that level of success, I'd like to bring it to like, this is a new playwright. I want their work shown. 
this is a this is a black director. I want their work shown. This is a woman writer. I want their work shown. This is a female improv artist. I want to work with her. Like, and a, a, this is somebody who works in like the disability community and really shows them in a good light. I would like to work with them. That's like the goal is to be at that level to have a lot, a lot of money with it <laughs> and to have like a nice house and stuff with it. Uh, you know, you got to put a, I'm manifesting. I got to manifest right now, you know? I'm with you, dude. I want to have enough clout to have my creative freedom quenched. That's it. That's it. You want to be fulfilled. I really want, I, I want to be fulfilled. That's the aim is to feel like I'm doing good stuff. Even if it's like, I definitely want to do like work that is helping people, that is helping a community, that is helping people grow and learn and other stuff. But also I would like to do like, you know, just a fun movie, a fun movie musical, a fun like comedy where even if it doesn't really teach anybody anything, we still did something good. We still did something like this is new. This is creative and fun and strange and like this brings light to something we haven't thought about before um yeah the best thing i can compare it to is like in college i did this one play called metamorphoses where it's like it's in a swimming pool and it's awesome and that's all i wanted to say about <laughs> metamorph are you talking about the kafka short story no that's metamorphosis metamorphoses is a play written, it was, it, initially it's Ovid's Metamorphoses, which is the Greek god stories. And then um, this woman, Mary Zimmerman, took that and was like, let me just kind of modernize it, rewrite it, make it more accessible to everybody. And then she put on a production of it where it's set around a giant swimming pool. And like, so, and, and it's just so cool, it was so artsy. It was like, sometimes the pool meant, like, if you got in it, you're in the sea. Sometimes it's like, if you got in it, you're in a state of depression. Sometimes if you're out of it, you're a god. Sometimes if you're out of it, you're the only person who's not a god. It was really cool and really like, this is so different and so new and like a different kind of thing I've never experienced before. And that's the kind of stuff I want to do is just try new things. Especially like right now I'm trying to make the choices of like, that's kind of scary. I don't know about that. I should do it anyways, because I'll learn something through it. And if I learned that I shouldn't have done it, then bummer. Oh, well, I learned that. Now I know not to do it again. <laughs> Dude, and like, yeah, I, so the, the thing that comes to mind before I ask the last question, but, because uh, this has been awesome, dude. We could go forever. But the, uh, the thing that comes to mind for me is uh, there's a podcast I want to recommend to you. I just listened to Please, it. Please, what is it? It's Tim Ferriss Show, episode 444 with Hugh Jackman. Tim Ferriss, like Ferris Wheel? Yeah, F-E-R-R, -R, like Ferris Bueller, F-E-R-R-I-S. Uh, 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 episode 4-4? Four, 4-4-4. Four? Four, four, four. With Hugh Jackman. With Hugh Jackman. And Hugh, Hugh walks you through his mindset, his attitude before he steps on stage. And it is the, the dopest thing I've ever heard. It was like, he I is crazy. That guy's awesome. Yeah. I'm getting chills thinking about it, man. Watching him run. There's a YouTube video too of him doing voiceover for the Wolverine of him just because, you know, they're really like, rah, rah. yeah, I've seen that one. And he's just like growling while talking into a monitor. That's the other thing. That's also why I want to get into voice acting so much because uh, a lot of times people like picture voice acting and they think it's just this and they think it's just somebody doing this the whole time. When really, like, if you're in a cartoon and your cartoon is, like, falling down a flight of stairs, you have to be like, you have to move. You have to get your whole body into it. 
and sometimes you look stupid doing so, and that's the other reason why I want to do voice acting so bad. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I just want to move my body and perform, man. Um, but yeah, that's definitely ADR watching shit like that. That gets me. Uh, if you watch Bradley Cooper uh, when he's recording for Guardians of the Galaxy, like he's he's at he's being uh, Rocket Raccoon, but even still, like you watch him kind of he changes his body. He doesn't just be like. Rah, rah, rah. He's like hunched over. He's holding an imaginary gun. He's acting as if he's only this tall and like he's gotten his grant. Like all of it is his whole body being put into work as opposed to just like his voice. It's really cool. Dude, it's, I love this. I love it, man. Like I've been obsessed with filmmaking. All It's just learning how it gets done and seeing that it gives me, I don't know, it just, it juices me up, man. It charges For me For sure. Yeah, like I every time I watch... Every time I watch a movie, I like to watch the interviews about like how it was made. Right now, um, Eurovision on Netflix is so funny. If you like, if you like Will Ferrell at all, and you like songs at all, watch Eurovision because it's a musical movie and it's funny. It's fun and it's really sweet. And I liked it a lot more than I expected to. And like ever since I started watching it, I've just been watching interviews and interviews about like how did they record this? Who's the singing voices? What did they film? How did they film this? Did they get like live? Did they get this? Blah, 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 blah. And every time it's like, every time I watch these kind of behind the scenes things, I'm like, I could be that lighting guy. I could be that key grip. If I'm not one of these actors, then I could be one of these guys on set just helping. And that's something I'd like to as well. Like if I can't, if I can't be like a movie star first thing, which I don't think I'm going to be, I think I got to work my way up to it, which makes sense. A lot of people do. I would like to be at least on set for a few movies just to like get there, just to just help, to, just to make, be part of a movie, be part of something that like is a great piece of film. Yeah, dude. I think it would be so cool just to shadow, just shadow around a set. Yeah, know? that would be, that would be really cool to shadow around a set, shadow around, especially if you shadow a director, my God, that'd be so cool. Just like following him, be like checking off everything on the list, just being like, is the makeup good? Is the lighting good? Is that good? I don't like this. And like, let me change this kind of thing. I would love to just watch somebody with that much, like, I know exactly what I want out of this shot. Here are all the 25 things that I need to think about. Because that's the other thing is like, even in acting too, that's the thing that like, doesn't get talked about. But for film acting, there is a bit of that. There is a bit of like, it is very staged. A lot goes into one shot of a film to a point where it's like all the focus is on the actor but the actor is actually like the last thing that's in place of, of these shots like the actor is like the last thing thought of in not the last thing thought of in these movies but like the, the the last thing to show up do you know what i mean and like if they give the great performance awesome but sometimes it's really just about like you need to hold yourself this way you can't look this way if you look this way the shots are ruined you have to look this way you know and like you can't you can't move your head this much if you do the shots are ruined you have to do it this way. And so like, as an actor, sometimes it is the whole thing of like, I need to remember all these 25 like technical moments of like, I have to make it to this mark. I have to look at this point. I need to make sure that what I'm saying doesn't come off like, eh, while also like getting the lighting right, getting the sound right, getting this and that right. It's a cool thing. Yeah, I mean, that's what's so, to me, so interesting about directors like, yeah, the, the reality is like everything in the filmmaking process are pieces of a puzzle and they've set it up so the actor can do what the actor needs to do if they're doing their job yes. really well. 
Like yeah. with Ridley Scott the other day when he did Alien. And the amount of work that went into not only for the aesthetic of the film and getting everything right with the vision he was trying to communicate, but the scene with the chest burster when the alien pops out of the Yeah. I mean, the amount of work and logistics and, te and tech they had to put in place to get this thing on, on shot and the actors, you know, they had one, real, maybe two shots at it with enough blood. Mm -hmm. and, and this sort of casting, you know, like the director had to know that he was getting his pieces that would be able to perform in this high frequency. We only got one or two takes at this moment. Yeah, for sure. It's like being a fucking director or like a composer for music where the music is or people. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Yeah. Um, also, did you know about that one scene? Uh, none of the cast knew that was happening until it happened. Yep. I love that. That that freaks with me sometimes. I'm like, if I came onto a set, didn't know that there would be a scene where an alien pops out of my co-star's body, and like, I would just have to live react and be like, <gasps> I'm like, I I would love that. I want that just to be like, just to. One, if I had the opportunity to be like real with the director and be like, can I kind of make this a little funny? Cause I would freak out and it would kind of look funny cause I would not be happy. And they'd be like, sure. And like add a little bit of levity to a really intense moment to a film like that. Or like, even if, if they were like, no, I need you to be serious. Then that would also be really fun. Cause then you can really get into like, what do I really act like when I'm freaking out that when I'm not funny? out when I'm not like this is scary when I'm like this is really scary this is really scary how do I get out of this kind of thing like it's it's fun yeah I really want to get into that yes it's such a it's such a other like different styles too like Stanley Kubrick was really really a perfectionist and he he wanted things but like I heard if you worked with Kubrick on Full Metal Jacket it was like 50 60 70 takes of the same scene. yeah and wasn't he also yeah he directed um he directed the, the Shining right yeah and like God knows, he like tortured Shelley Duvall because he made her like he put her no li like literally like there's documentaries about how poor Shelley Duvall is like fucked up because of him. Uh -huh. Like he made her go take after take after take after take after take for hours on end of her just like screaming and swinging a bat, exhausted, not letting her sleep, like having everybody in the crew ignore her. Like that's just fucked up. So if I were on a set, I would not want that kind of energy. <laughs> I'd rather have something a bit more collaborative, but maybe like, you know, a bit of art thrown in there where it's like, if, if, if anybody were to be victimized to that, I would rather, I would be the one who has to stay up for hours on end because I feel like I'd be game for it. I'd probably be like, okay, I'm so fucking tired. All right, let's go. Ah! And then like a month later, I could come out of it after a lot of therapy being like, that was intense. I shouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings, because that sounds like your type. Of, he seemed to carry the weight of everything for that. Well, who's that guy? Peter Jackson or Elijah Wood? Peter Jackson. I mean, good yeah. lord, Peter Jackson is a genius. That man, like, he's crazy though. I, I I admire Peter Jackson so much to a point where I'm like, how are you real? Yeah, because that it's incomprehensible. Like it is. Right now, my favorite director is uh, Ari Aster, who did Hereditary and Midsummer. Yes, 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 yes. Just saw Midsummer for the first time. Yeah. Um, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. Um, I'm not really a horror guy myself, but I liked it because it's not too scary. It is like, it's, it's scary enough to be like, ooh, but not so scary that I'm like, I don't want to watch this anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, Whereas, like, I get I get so freaked out over, like, stupid stuff. Like, Paranormal Activity 2, when I was in high school, <laughs> scared me to death. And, like, now that I've, I've seen a lot of clips of Hereditary, and I'm like, I'm ready, but I haven't watched it yet because I'm like, wait, wait a minute. I'm a little spooked, a little spooked about it. But I do like, I like his work. I think he's really cool. Yeah. I like, I would love to work on one of his movies. If he ever was like, I need an unknown, I'm like, ready. Oh, man. Decapitate me all you want, man. Dude, and sign me up to shadow that dude, man. Because Yeah, he- for reals. Oh, my God, that would be so cool. Man, this has been the shit, dude. I could literally keep talking film forever, ad infinitum. Um, I want to close with this question, man. I want to ask you this. Okay. I think it's really... Uh, what what Could you describe your perfect day and your perfect career? You've made it. You've got the clout. You've got the, the creative freedom to do what you want to do and love what you're doing. What would your What would your day be, a day in the life of your perfect day? Perfect day in, like, after everything's succeeded and all that jazz okay okay cool let's do this i wake up at my really fancy house in either la or new york or big ass city where films and tv shows are being made um preferably la because i mean you can get a pool there and it's hot what are we yes um uh get up smoke some weed enjoy the day for the moment get like a little bit of exercise and maybe like dance a little bit and then go out and like like swim probably go out and like drive around drive to a co-workers place like maybe another actor maybe another producer maybe another writer and we meet and like hang out for a bit but then also work on something like we talk about maybe something that's already coming up that we've already planned and started to execute already maybe like i just come up and meet and be like let's just go over like this budget one more time or i go and i meet and like what's that one part of the scene we want to change um and then on my way back, getting a call from my agent being like, hey, your new movie just got a bajillion dollars. Great. <laughs> your next movie starts in about three months. Get ready for that, buddy. Click. Um, <laughs> oh, wait. Rings me back. I forgot. You're also cameoing on this TV show next week. It'll only be like an afternoon. You'll get paid $500,000 for it. Click. Um, and then also, after all of those phone calls, looking at my accounts, looking at how much money I have and how much I can donate to the right places because, you know, got to do the right thing. You can't be holding all that money for yourself. Got to get back. Um, and then, like, in this scenario, let's say I have a family, hang out with my family. Hang out with my wife and kids if I have them in that scenario. And if I don't, if I'm single at that point, still, like, rocking a single life, maybe have, like, a nice night. Maybe have a date. Hey, 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 hey. That'd be fun. And then... But before that date or whatever that happens, probably like call up an old friend, talk to them, just like say, how are you doing? What's something we can work on together? What's something like you want to do? Or like even maybe not even a friend, like just somebody who's like an aspiring filmmaker, aspiring actor, who's like, I need help with this. I'm, I'm here. And like, I want to talk to this one producer and I know this producer and they know me. So I'll be like, hey, cool. Let me tell this producer about you. You're a cool actor. I respect you and I like you. So here you go, producer, meet, you guys go make a movie together. Hopefully I get to be involved, that kind of thing. And then uh, taking pictures, smoking weed as the sun sets and then partying all night, bitch. What's up? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, that's, that's the aim, that's the goal. Man, dude, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, man. Be fun. 
Yeah, well, I like to end. I like to end it on that because it's, uh, you know, like I like we were saying earlier, man, acting as if, you know, like mm -hmm. the reason we can't feel like we're having the perfect day today. You know, we may not have all the, you know, all the. Um, my bank account might be a, might might be that high, but like my belly's full. You know, yes, my my heart is full. Like my full. mind is learning and becoming more full. Yes, yeah, we can we can take the we can take the steps. So like I, I'm I'm kind of a believer, and it's it's just nice to have something to work towards. You know, it's yeah, for sure. What's uh, one last thing before we go? Like you know that Matthew McConaughey Oscar-winning speech that he did. The best. Yeah. Like something to look forward to, some chase, and something to look up to and those are like look up to yourself in 10 years look forward to being yourself in 10 years look some the chase that's you in 10 years or whatever it is like just just keep doing that keep believing that things are going to be okay look specifically for what you want out of life and just keep like believing that's going to happen and rocking towards it man i want to i want to close out with this before i do is there anything that i could i could share with the audience that they can find you at or like to learn more about you or Anything you um, want to share with before we close? Uh, you can follow me at JB Johnny Byrne on um, Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at JB Johnny Byrne. Uh, excuse me, sorry. Uh, I just made a song on YouTube. I can post that. Um, yeah, probably I'm just going to say Instagram and just start there. And then I'll, they can check out, they, if they look up my name on Instagram, find it find how it's spelled. They can look me up on YouTube, check out a bunch of old videos I made of me singing with ukulele. Uh, one new video I made with me singing with my ukulele and guitar and like other instruments. Um, and I, I mean, I'm not going to promote my TikTok because fuck that. <laughs> kids anyway, they're always going to be there. They're all, exactly. I'm going to get follows regardless of what happens on TikTok. <laughs> Yeah, well, this has been the shit, dude. I want to end. I, normally, I end with a song. I'll, I'll normally play a song at the end, but I think oh. it feels like it feels like that we should drop Matthew McConaughey's Oscar speech. Yeah, that's cool. I'm down for that. Please drop that. Well, let's run it, man. Thank you so much for joining on the show. Thank man. you, my man. Thank you very much for having me. This has been a real pleasure, and we'll follow up once the world opens back up, and we'll and we'll see where we're at. Yes, by then, hopefully, I'll already be, like, on my merry way, and you'll be like, ooh, look at these updates. Yeah. <laughs> I'll drop by the set, dude. I'll get the show. Yes, please, I'll invite you. And when I make my movie, I'll be like, hey, I need an extra. I need some guy. Get on over here. Yeah. And it'll be cool to have a little time capsule. Be like, yo, check this out. This was, you know, we're, man we're visualizing. Yes. Vis Remember when we manifested that? Look at where we are now. That kind of thing. That's it, man. Love it. Just a couple of dudes in our parents' house, dude. Just. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man. Oh, thank you very much, dude. Thank you. Thank you, man. Of course. Yeah, let's roll out, dude. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Enjoy. Yes, please. Here are the nominees for performance by an actor in a leading role. Christian Bale, American Hustle. Bruce Dern, Nebraska. Leonardo DiCaprio, The Wolf of Wall Street. Chiwetel Ejiofor, 12 Years a Slave. Matthew McConaughey, Dallas Buyers Club. And the Oscar goes to... Matthew McConaughey.
Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to the Academy for this. All 6,000 members, thank you to the other nominees. Uh, all these performances were impeccable, in my opinion. I didn't see a false note anywhere. I want to thank Jean-Marc Vallée, our director. I want to thank Jared Leto, Jennifer Garner, who I worked with daily. Um, there's a few things, about three things to my account that I need each day. Um, one of them is something to look up to, another is something to look forward to, and another is someone to chase. Now, first off, I want to thank God, because that's who I look up to. He has graced my life with opportunities that I know are not of my hand or any other human hand. Um, he has shown me that uh, it's a scientific fact that gratitude reciprocates. Um, in the words of the late Charlie Lawton, who said, when you got God, you got a friend, and that friend is you. Um, to my family, that's who and what I look forward to. To my father, who I know is up there right now, with a big pot of gumbo, he's got a lemon meringue pie over there, he's probably in his underwear, and he's got a cold can of Miller Lite, and he's dancing right now. <laughs> to you, Dad, you taught me what it means to be a man. To my mother, who's here tonight, who taught me and my two older brothers demanded that we respect ourselves. And what we in turn learned was then we were better able to respect others. Thank you for that, Mama. To my wife, Camilla, and my kids, Levi, Vita, and Mr. Stone, the courage and significance you give me every day I go out the door is unparalleled. You are the four people in my life that I want to make the most proud of me. Thank you. And to um, my hero, that's who I chase. Now, when I was 15 years old, I had a very important person in my life come to me and say, who's your hero? And I said, I don't know, I gotta think about that. Give me a couple of weeks. I come back two weeks later, this person comes up and says, who's your hero? I said, I thought about it. You know who it is? I said, it's me in 10 years. So I turned 25, 10 years later. That same person comes to me and goes, so are you a hero? And I was like, not even close. No, no, no. She said, why? I said, because my hero is me at 35. So you see, every day, every week, every month, and every year of my life, my hero is always 10 years away. I'm never going to be my hero. I'm not going to attain that. I know I'm not. And that's just fine with me because that keeps me with somebody to keep on chasing. So to any of us, whatever those things are, whatever it is we look up to, whatever it is we look forward to and whoever it is we're chasing. To that I say amen. To that I say all right, all right, all right. <laughs> and to that I say just keep living, huh? Thank you.